1: Today, we continue looking at the throne room of God as described in Revelation chapter 4. Brother Buddy Abernathy has already shared with us how that the throne of God, and indeed the majesty of God himself, is the central theme of heaven. It is the centerpiece of not just heaven, but the entire creation. But in heaven, it's celebrated on a constant basis. Down here, men sometimes ignore God, and they forget about Him, and they sort of cast Him aside in their own minds and hearts. But in heaven, all focus will be upon Him and His glory. Join us today as we conclude the message on chapter 4 of Revelation about the throne room of God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit i stay my refuge
2: stay. beast had a face as a man. Now
0: some have said that this represents God's wisdom and God's knowledge and I don't have any problem with that interpretation. But you know he's already talked about these beasts that were full of eyes before and behind so I began thinking well maybe there's A different application here. And as I began to think about how these four beasts, that is what they're representing, work together and build, that's a better way to say it, they build one upon another, it gave me a a different uh, view of this. I believe when it says this beast had the face of a man, that's speaking of God's perception of things. Now, notice how this would fit together. God is in a position of authority. He has all power. Now, if you're going to utilize power, you need to know something, don't you? You know, if you were involved, if you were overseeing a war, you know, you may have authority to send troops in and you have that power, but you need to know something about the enemy, don't you? You need to have some comprehension and perception of of how you're utilizing that power. Now, what I'm about to tell you, this will scare you more than misunderstanding what the beast represents. God perceives everything about you. And notice how this is described in the Bible. First of all, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, speaking of Jesus, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. (laughs) Listen to that. God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. You may be doing something good, but He knows whether or not your motive's good. Whether your intention's good. And then here's the part that I always think about. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest, that is not known and understood in His sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. All things are naked and open. How foolish to be dishonest with the Lord. How foolish to not go ahead and confess what you know you've done wrong. Here's You remember in, we looked in an earlier chapter where it described Jesus as having eyes like fire. He's, he pierces through everything.
2: Nothing's hid from Him. So... I believe that's one thing we can draw from him. Have
0: this beast having the face of a man. But let's look at one more. Look at Psalm 139 and verse 2. Notice what David says. Thou knowest my down and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought a of far off. <laughs> now I don't know if that means God's far away and he understands your thought or if he knows your thought before you think it. Think about that. He knows my thought afar of off. Before the thought even gets to me, he knows what I'm going to think. <laughs> All things are naked and open before him. This beast has a face of a man. There's complete perception with God. Now, to put this in the context of the book, the main application of this thought of God having authority and strength and perception, the the application with the book is more in line with how God deals with the enemies of His people. We're going to read, you've heard, You've probably read about those horses in the book of Revelation, those different colored horses. Those horses, we'll see or describe uh, how heaven uh, sends forth to intervene and, and most of the time... I believe every time those horses are describing the way God brings judgment upon the enemies of His people. In other words, heaven's involved with what goes on here. And God has those different horses that go forth to deal with His enemies in many ways and to draw back their destructive power against His people. But the point I'm getting at is when we read about God's position. God's power and God's perception in the context of Revelation, we're thinking about how God utilizes that primarily towards judgment on His enemies. Although the verses I've read are certainly true, and the same way God knows your thought afar off, He knows the thought of the wicked afar off. The way that your life is an open book, the life of the wicked is an open book.
2: Now, let's look at this last beast and see how we can put these four ideas about the beast together. The fourth beast is like a flying eagle.
0: Now, I've watched enough nature shows, and you probably
2: have too. To see how high the eagle flies. To see how they. uh, Just glide across, across the air. And how they dive for their prey. So. As I think about that lion. Speaking of God's
0: position. And that ox. Speaking of God's. Power and that one with the face as a man, speaking of God's perception. I believe this flying eagle can represent God's providence. Now, notice how this would all fit together before we look at some scripture regarding this flying eagle. God's position is of no value. If there's no power, and power can only be utilized as you understand what you're using the power toward. As I gave the example about a military battle, you may have a leader, you may have all kind of uh, troops, but you better understand the enemy, that is how you're utilizing the power. Now the difference I believe between this flying
2: eagle and the one that had the face as a man is instead of referring to God's perception of things this is how
0: God is ruling over and involving Himself as He sees fit. You see, that eagle glides across the sky but it's looking for prey and it will dive rapidly to the earth to attack the prey and you remember how i've already said that even though these principles apply to god's involvement in the lives of his people the main application of the book of revelation is his involvement on the wicked because as you've heard us say several times the the theme of the book of Revelation is good versus evil. And in the end, when Jesus comes back, good wins eternally. That's the best. If you could only say it in a couple of sentences, that's what the book is about. Well, God, this beast is described as like a flying eagle that soars above the earth, that dives and is involved at will. Now let's read some scripture that is not figurative but actually talks about how god operates in this way daniel chapter 4 verse 35 now you're going to be very familiar with this this is nebuchadnezzar speaking after the lord had sent him out to pasture to eat grass like a a common beast of the field. You remember Nebuchadnezzar was going around saying, is that not this great Babylon that I built by my power, for my glory, my, 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 it's all about me, look what I can do. Well, the Lord's able to change your perception of yourself, isn't he? And when the Lord got through with him, notice what he said. Verse 35, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Think about some of the evil rulers that have lived even in modern history. And how the Lord was able, how the Lord did just shut them down. Think about men like Hitler, you know, who claimed his kingdom was going to rule, I think he may have said, hundreds of years. But I believe God intervened in that matter. And he can take the evil down. And there's many examples of that. He worketh his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And God's not motivating wicked men to do evil. He's bringing them to a stop whenever he wants to. And he often does it to protect his people. What a pivotal moment that was in history with regard to the welfare of God's people when Hitler was
2: defeated. But notice also in Malachi chapter uh,
0: 3 and verse 10. Now this is speaking of god involving himself in this world in a in a good way and even though revelation is primarily teaching how god is dealing with the wicked we also want to keep in mind that while his providence is not for their good his providence is a blessing in our life Malachi 3.10, notice what he says here. Bring all ye the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You start doing what God says where you've been neglecting what He said and test Him out and see if He won't open the windows of heaven. And pour out a blessing. And then look at two scriptures in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and beginning with verse 76, speaking of John the Baptist. It says, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Notice that, the day spring from on high hath visited us. And then one more. Look at Luke chapter 24
2: and verse 49. Verse 48, Jesus says to His apostles,
0: And you are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of My Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He basically said the same thing in Acts chapter 1. In other words, these apostles didn't need to go forth until they were endued with power from on high. Don't you see how important it is for us to understand that God soars above the affairs of this world and He involves Himself at will to to stop the enemy, to protect you or whatever He wants to do. He's involved. You know, there's... Some that would say, well, God just, here's the way God operates. He just wound up a watch and then he just laid it down and he's letting it unwind. No, that's not how it is. God's involved with the affairs of our life. So let's go back now to Revelation 4 and notice the conclusion here. Let's just read these verses again. Verse 6, And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind, and the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. Now notice this. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night. Now here's here's some of the main activity in heaven right here. They rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sat on the throne and worshipeth Him that lived forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. If you got a crown in heaven, you ain't going to be wearing it very long. They cast their crowns before Him on the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. God is recognized as the Creator. We'll see that Jesus is recognized as the Savior, but God's recognized as the Creator, and the main activity of heaven is giving honor and glory to God and saying He's worthy because He's created all things. And notice that last phrase, because for thy pleasure they
2: are and were created. That gives you an idea Of what it's like around the throne of God in heaven. And how that
0: you can look at these different attributes regarding these four beasts and see that God is involved. But in heaven, you know, when you get to heaven, you're not going to be involved in anything down here. (laughs) You yourself. You're going to be doing what these beasts are doing in heaven day and night. And you're not going to get tired and exhausted, but you're just going to be honoring the Lord because He's
1: the Creator of heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com.